This episode of the Jay Dines Last Kicker brought to you by Guys Note and Victor Wrench and Plastic Object. This program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. All right, last night, Monday, February 26th, was the Here Fort Worth Town Hall meeting down at Printed Threads. This was the big one, the big State of Fort Worth music. Um, it was supposed to be done back in January. But it got rescheduled because we had a six-hour Ice-mageddon <laughs> that made, that canceled everything in the city for some reason. Um, so they moved it to last night, and it was a great event. Um, all, very, very well attended. Uh, all sorts of musicians from different genres. Uh, venue owners. Uh, producers. I was very impressed by the amount of people that showed up for this and that actually seemed to care about uh, the state of the Fort Worth music scene. A lot of the conversation was really, really good. Um, we had the mayor show up, and then we had uh, Tom Martins, who is the uh, associate vice president of creative and branding and the director of the Fort Worth Music Office. Uh, here with here Fort Worth, and then down from or uh, from Austin, we had Brandon Anthony, who is the director down at the Texas Music Office at the state level, and all of them gave uh, a pretty good speech, which we have recorded here. And uh, all in all, it was a pretty good night. There's a couple of spots here and there that are kind of questionable, but. Um, I'm sure over the next couple of weeks we'll be discussing that on the regular podcast. Um, and we'll probably discuss it a little bit tonight uh, at 8 p.m. CST when we do our normal podcast. And I bounce some stuff off of uh, my cohort and partner in crime. Uh, so the audio is a little wanky, but at least it's there. I just threw the uh, the old Zoom H6 on the table, cranked up the mics, and uh, you can hear it pretty good. But uh, don't hate me if it's not perfect. So, without further ado, enjoy. Met some new friends this evening, so it's really, really good to see. You know, Visit Fort Worth understands how important music is. It's you know we we generally are always thinking about things like filling up hotel rooms and making sure we have rental cars that are that are rented out of the airport. But I'll tell you, if you really want to get to the soul of a city, if you're going to come visit somewhere. You want to know what the music scene is all about. And that's why we're here tonight. We want to make sure that we're learning from you and you get to hear the latest on what's happening in Fort Worth as it relates to music. You know, whether or not you're going to a concert at Dickey's Arena or you're going to a show over at the Magnolia Motor Lodge or, or even going to a coffee shop and listening to somebody strum on a guitar, it's all about the music. It's all about making sure that we put music at the top of our economic development and the top of making sure that we make this city the city that we want to live in, the city we want to raise our kids in, where we want to work, play, and make sure that uh, those who visit Fort Worth understand what a great place it is. So with that, we're going to have a great evening, and I want to kick this off with our host, Brett Bowden at uh, Printed Threads. Brett, you want to come up and say a few words?
Hey, how's it going? My name's Brett, and uh, about 14 years ago, my wife and I started this business in our garage, and uh, here we are today in this, this facility here next to downtown Fort Worth. The warehouse right behind you guys prints about two to 10,000 shirts every single day. The warehouse behind me uh, warehouses all of the, the, uh, those great products that get fulfilled and sent to people's doorsteps uh, by use of uh, band merch stores and that type of thing. But uh, thanks for coming. We have a big heart for music, and uh, one of those reasons is because when I was uh, growing up, I played a lot of music. I'm still growing up, by the way. But when I played a lot of music, and I was in a lot of bands, and I was lucky enough right out of high school to tour in some rock bands that were signed on major labels and get to do some really, really fun stuff. And uh, walking away from that one day, realizing that we weren't going to be the Rolling Stones, and that might not be my career for the rest of my life, I... Uh, made a, uh, the choice, the smartest choice I could, which was to become a cable guy. And uh, that is what paid for me to go to school and get a, a, a college degree in music, which also didn't pay off. So I started a, a print shop. And uh, it's really cool because I still get to be really involved in the music community. We make merchandise for lots of big bands and bars and music festivals and all kinds of really, really great people. And uh, we want to host those people here in our house. We, we started this uh, music know-how uh, quarterly mixer with Visit Fort Worth because Visit Fort Worth obviously really, really cares about music and really cares about the musicians in this town and believes that music is one of the greatest exports that a town can have. And I've seen it firsthand by going to music festivals with them like we were this past weekend and seeing how much they really care and want to put um, an effort and uh, behind promoting local music I think is really cool. We didn't have that when, when I was in a, a band trying to make it. And um, so, uh, thanks for that. And because I know you guys are all starving artists, right? I think it's really important that you guys get to come somewhere every once in a while and get fed and uh, have some drinks and have a good time and meet the people around you. You might not know the people sitting right next to you, but there's some really, really cool people in this room that can help you a lot on your musical journey. And I think we can all be big fans of each other and support each other so that we have a really great uh, local music scene. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Brent. Thank you for having us here. This is just a fabulous facility. You know, it's, what's really nice about this city is that you've got leadership who cares. And leadership who understands what it is that uh, music brings to the city, brings to the community, and is actually a patron. If you go to a club on a Saturday night, you might see the mayor. Isn't that cool? Well, I want to introduce to you our mayor, Maddie Parker.
and plays phenomenal drums, better than probably many drummers in this room, even at the age of 75 years old, he's still rocking. And so I share that with you because music is the fabric of my entire life. Um, my husband still thinks he's going to run off with a rock band. I keep reminding him he does have three children he has to take care of. Um, and a wife that's chosen politics for a career, so he has to keep working. Um, jokes aside, um, what you have done for this city, uh, we could not repay you. And I really want to thank Tom Martins and Visit Fort Worth for investing in an organization that's really focused on the future, the future of music in this city. Fort Worth is the fastest growing city in the country. And with that growth comes a lot of responsibility. And I think one of the number one responsibilities we have as city leaders is paying attention to who made this city great in the first place. Um, and it really is the people in this room. And the creative arts are something that sets Fort Worth apart from some of the largest cities in the world. And it's a reason why people keep coming back over and over and over again. I've tried to do my small part as mayor, whether it was hosting um, election events at Lola's, God love Lola's, um, or my birthday party for my 40th birthday at Twilight Lounge. You can see the trend here. Um, I have tried my best of my abilities to keep places alive. Um, I joke in jest. I know that the closure of some of our most faithful, wonderful places in this city is painful, right? Um, but we have to gather together about what it looks like to support the arts, including the places that all of you love to play, um, but also making sure that you have the patrons that deserve to come and see you across the city and making sure we get the word out. Um, we're joined tonight by some wonderful people, most notably by the gentleman I'll introduce in a moment, Mr. Brendan Anthony. Um, Brendan, despite being a Texas Aggie, we'll forgive him for that. He went to a with my husband. Um, he's a phenomenal fiddle player and played with Pat Green for how many years, Brendan? 15, 20 years? Long time. You, you're the only one in the band that still has hair. Congratulations. Um, jokes aside, if you've seen this guy play and know his heart for music, but importantly, he is focused on really small policy, not politics, in the Texas governor's office, the Texas music office. Fort Worth, Texas was the first Texas music city, am I right? We were very proud of that honor. Um, In closing, as I introduce Anthony and ask him to come up, I just wanted you to know that this city is fully behind um, this effort. You're also well represented by my friend and colleague, Councilwoman um, Elizabeth Beck, who's here from District 9. Um, like myself, you can also probably see her at an area, honky-tonk or bar, to go see a good, a good band play. Um, thank you for taking the time on a Monday night. Um, yeah, you get some free tacos and maybe a cocktail, but importantly, you're here to hear what the future Fort Worth looks like around music. And um, you're not going to get that from me. You're going to get that from the leadership and Tom and his team. And I don't get to introduce Tom, but I just want to say you are thrilled to work with and truly the rock star of the moment. I mean, these things do not take but he is constantly churning creatively, especially around our music industry in the city of Fort Worth. And we would not be where we are. Each of you individually would not have the support without someone like Tom working at Visit Fort Worth. So to that, Tom, we are incredibly grateful. I'm going to ask Brendan to come up here. This gentleman travels the state focused on music in the state of Texas. And for that, we are incredibly grateful. But he, I think, has a special heart for the city of Fort Worth, even though his beautiful wife and daughter live in Austin. He spends a lot of time here making sure that we're successful in this city. And so thank him for driving up on a beautiful Texas day to join us, Mr. Brennan Anthony.
Thank you, guys. What an honor. Thank you, Mayor Barker. Sincerely appreciate that wonderful introduction. Tell David hi, and he can come play with the band anytime he wants. Uh, we pay scale if you're... Or don't tell him. Whatever you want. I'm going to echo a lot of what you just said. There's a uh, tremendous amount of growth happening in our state. And we're really proud about that. We're excited about that. There's a lot of positive growth happening in this place. A lot of people want to come be a part of what Texas has created over the past uh, several decades. And, and it shows. We see it in growth around the state. It's not unique to Fort Worth. Although Fort Worth is on a trajectory that few cities have seen in, in many, many years. You know, I'll say this. When I was appointed in 15 to, to come around the office with it, an issue that I saw immediately is that I couldn't call someone like a Tom Martins or uh, any of the other liaisons we have around the state and ask a really simple question. What's going on in your community? Not the economic impact, which we'll, we can get into, or what's actually happening with ordinance enforcement or anything like that. Some of these questions we can answer now, but what's happening in your community? Who's doing what? What are their needs? What are they talking about? And now that we've created this music-friendly Texas program, and Mayor Parker was correct, Fort Worth was the very first certified music-friendly community in the state of Texas, uh, and we're incredibly proud about that. We have almost 60 listening posts around the state now that do what here Fort Worth is trying to do in Fort Worth for communities large and small around a 254-county area populated by a couple, uh, couple million folks, I'll say. Uh, we, we have a lot of people that we're trying to represent, and these music-friendly liaisons make it uh, a lot easier for us from our office to reach out and ask those questions. What's going on in your community? I will say that out of those nearly 60, and Galveston's being certified tonight as 58, I think, out of these nearly 60 communities, Fort Worth is simply... A-plus amongst a class full of people who are really working hard to be good at, at that job of being a music-friendly community. And there are some reasons for that. And yes, Mayor Parker was absolutely correct to highlight the work that Tom Martins does day in, day out to listen to you and serve you in his role as head of Here Fort Worth. And his team, uh, Mitch and Jessica and Bob uh, Jameson, they're just incredibly focused on making sure that Fort Worth's voice uh, is heard, but it's a voice that's made up of voices from around the community. They're great listeners, and they're great amplifiers of voices that they hear from around the community. I'm thrilled to do the job that I do. I'm thrilled that it takes me to communities around the state. I'm thrilled to sit in rooms like this. Uh, but I'll tell you, in 2015 and 16, when we were kind of getting the engine turned back on to this office that I've, I've held now for nearly a decade. It's insane for me to say that out loud. Uh, the fact that I could be sitting in rooms like this and talking to groups like this was kind of a pipe dream. Uh, and we had all the same problems to tackle that we have today. We, we're chipping away at them. We're making some progress. We've solved some things. We've created some programs that might work, but we didn't have a way that we do today to get people in a room the way we've done uh, through programs like this. And we, we will get into some specifics that brought us here tonight for certain. But let me say generally that the fact that you're in this room tonight, the fact that you've been drawn to come 
listened to a message about protecting live music in an amazing place like Fort Worth. You're willing to take time out of your family lives, your work lives, to come sit in a room like this and talk about these things is an incredibly positive sign for your music community locally. Let me tell you that. There are very, very few places in the world that something like this would happen. And let's not take that for granted. Let's really recognize that being able to come together like this and talk about concerns that mean something to us uh, and have them heard by people who can react to these issues and cause positive change for you is a real gift that you're all helping to invest in. So, look, this is as much a process that serves us as you. You make us do our jobs better. We're accountable to you. But you showing up and providing information, telling us what you think so we can react to it and create policies, make laws or change ordinances or get things out of your way so your small business works, that's an incredible thing. So let me just say that generally. I'll speak a little bit about the issue that brought us up here. It's a central issue that I hear about a lot. You know, there was a piece written, and uh, there were some strong reactions about some closures of venues that happened in Fort Worth. Names, names we know, uh, venues we know, venues we spent time in, all of us. And, um, you know, the issue kind of became what's happening, right? The, the, the issue of uh, why is this happening all at once? Why, why are these venues going with what's wrong with the ecosystem in Fort Worth that's causing this? And that's initial reaction to something that's scary. You know, there are some factors that go into small business closures every day. Uh, I think most of us probably understand pretty well, especially those who operate small business. Uh, I'm going to go to those, but I think it's important, let me say this at the outset, I think it's important when we start asking big questions, general questions, without a lot of information, like what's happening, what's wrong, Really quickly, we can drift into a mindset that's a little bit crisis-oriented and not look at the big picture. And the big picture is generally that things change. Margins for small business operation have always traditionally been razor thin, especially in our industry. And that a city is changing around it. And these small businesses within the city are changing within it. And you're going to have change that's scary occasionally. And we're going to lose some small business and gain small business along the way. And I'll echo uh, Mayor Parker's sentiments. We love those places. We like spending time in those places. We patronize those places. We show up. Sometimes the math doesn't work for them. Sometimes people make decisions that they need to get out of the marketplace and go do something else. I've heard it all. We had an Austin Music Census come out right about the time I uh, was appointed to this job. And what it did was set off a crisis mind that created reactions to problems that might not have even been there in the first place. So I want to say generally again, when we look at these issues, let's try to look at specific causes of things and get to the root of them before we decide that there's something in the water, that there's something out there that's really causing something that may or may not be there, a force, if you will, at work. Uh, The amount of support the uh, willingness of your community to show up to things like this, your venue owners, your people who go and enjoy live music in these venues, the people that create live music in these places, the people that work to create live music, the crews, the people that deliver the beer, all of the people that work in this ecosystem, uh, your willingness to show up to things like this mean that you're in a healthy ecosystem. 
you're in a healthy market uh, that will support live music, that wants to support live music, that wants it to exist. So we can get into Q&A here in a little bit once, I think you're gonna share some words with us, Tom. I travel the world, I travel around the country talking to groups about how to do exactly what you're doing in this room right now. Really rest assured that even though you're, you're facing issues, that these things are happening, they will continue to happen. Growth will also continue to happen. New places will open. Existing places will move. This happens. Uh, we have created programs in our office that we'll go to in depth during q and I'll bring them up again so I can talk about them in more detail without boring you right now. Uh, to help create a margin enhancement that I think will save some of these venues and venues around the state. But you live in a place that's incredibly supported. And uh, if you keep showing up and Tom and his team continue to do the exceptional work that they do, the A-plus work that they do, work that is the model and the envy of communities literally around the world, things are going to keep pointing in the right direction. The arrow is going to keep pointing up. Look, I'm honored that you guys have invited me to be here. Sorry, we had to change dates. We thought there was going to be an ice storm, and then we all walked out of the house that day, and it was blue bonnets. We don't know. But that's Texas, and here we are. So appreciate you dealing with the day change. It was all me. And with that, I'll bring our hero, Tom Martins, up to talk to us a minute. Thank you, Brendan, and uh, thank you all for coming out. I know it's it's always hard to get out, especially on a Monday, especially after work, especially after for those of you who went up to Folk Alliance with us. There's a, there's a lot going on, but we really appreciate you being here. So what I'm going to do is just give you a brief overview for some new faces I haven't seen before of what Here Fort Worth does and how we support the community. Um, so this is, this is me. I'm Tom Martins. I'm also the Associate Vice President of Creative and Branding for Visit Fort Worth, and I'm also the Director of the Fort Worth Music Office. At Visit Fort Worth, I say everyone has two jobs. So um, I also have my email address if you'd like to take a quick picture to email me. Um, so Visit Fort Worth, we treat it. Do you want to go back? I was trying to do it. Some- <laughs> so, um, so real quick, we treat we treat Visit Fort Worth like uh, it's, this is our the parent brands. So Visit Fort Worth is the parent brands. We have the twice daily cattle drive in the stockyards. We actually own that. We have the Fort Worth Sports Commission that brings events like NCAA and today the All-Star pick was for the NBA All-Star. Or All-Star in the draft was picked today. I'm a big sports guy. Kevin Aldrich, you can say. Um, and then Visita, which is our Spanish language. We also have the Film Commission and here at Fort Worth. So every city has a great attraction like the herd. And every city has a great convention center that brings people here from all over the world. And we have great hotels to stay in, but we have also great food. But what else is there to bring people here? Fort Worth is larger than all these cities, but a lot of people think we're a small town. And that's also because we've always been close to uh, Dallas, and so people associate that. But we're also, we're the 12th largest city. We've treated Fort Worth like an entertainment brand, and that's how we've seen with sports and film. So tourism, music, sports, convention, film, that's people want to do that. That's their entertainment. Some people go to a, a conference, and they don't want a vacation. But these are the ways that people are, are spending their money, and this is how we treat Visit Fort Worth like an entertainment brand. But how does local music fit into this? So when you think of cities, you think of iconic musicians. So if you think of Elvis in Memphis, Pearl Jam in Seattle, Victoria's B.I.G. in Brooklyn, 
But the, also think of Leon Bridges of Fort Worth. So many people, when we travel internationally, say, oh, Leon Bridges is from Fort Worth. And that's really cool because, you know, what, what are their cities? You saw some, just a few examples, and it's neat to see how people connect a city with an artist. But wonder people how here Fort Worth started? Well, we wanted to support things that, like local music, like we supported things like brands we have here, like Dickies, TX, Mrs. Renfro's, Best Made Pickles, RAR, um, Justin Boots. So how is that going to change? Like if we're going to support those things, we need to support local music. So everyone thinks here Fort Worth started again with Leo Bridges, but it did. It started with this guy. Kevin Aldrich, who's here. So when I started for your Fort Worth, we would do events, and I would say, what do you guys do to do for music? And oh, we're going to hire some party band or whatever. And I was like, why aren't we supporting local music like we're supporting local brands? And so that became an opportunity. So I got Kevin to play an event for us, and they were just like, oh, there's so much great talent in Fort Worth. Why aren't we supporting them? And so that's how your Fort Worth started. So our first year we did an event at South by Southwest under the leadership of Brooks Kendall Jr. and Amy Powell and a few other folks. We did a Fort Worth house. And so we had a great lineup, Quaker City Nighthawks, Green River Ordinance, Jake Pelichek, Grady Spencer, Luke Wade, uh, uh, Reagan James and Mike Ryan. And, uh, and so we did that event. Like Brendan said, we were the first music-friendly city in the state of Texas. That's our certification, 2017. Everyone always thinks it's Austin. Austin's the loud music capital of the world, but it was Fort Worth. We were first. Technically, it was getting our paperwork on time, but that's all. <laughs> so what, why we do here Fort Worth, this is about building community. It's really about you guys in this room. So we do these town halls, and we used to do the town halls every year before the pandemic, once a year. And it got us in a room to talk about things that were addressing today, like live music venues closing, but this was something that we've talked about each time we've done a town hall. So this was our first town hall at uh, Wild Acre Brewing. You can see a lot of familiar faces in this crowd. Pat Green was there. But the most important person in this room is in the very back with the pinkish red shirt, and it was Lou Charles. And when we were all sitting there, give it up for Lou Charles. Come on. said in this room of people, what are y'all doing for hip-hop? And it silenced the room. And that's when we realized, you know, we have to do things for different genres. It wasn't that we didn't realize it, it was just we didn't have these connections with people. Like Brewed Up Joe's here. There's a lot of folks here that are getting us connected to different people. And so when we did this, it really made a change on how we, we was supported these different artists. Um, so every month we do a mixer, and it's at a different music-friendly venue. And it's usually, there's an exception because of this event, it's usually the first Tuesday of every month. And I encourage you to come out to these events, because this is where networking happens. People get to talk to people they don't normally talk to. A lot of you guys have busy schedules or performing schedules, and this is a way to connect with people. So we do it at a music-friendly venue, and it doesn't have to be a traditional music venue. You can see some past ones, the Loft Hotel in downtown Fort Worth. They have live local music in their lobby. That was something they wanted to support. Mark House Brewery, they support every quarterly mixer with live with with local beer. Everything they they said, how much beer do you need? They support local music. Since then, they've added a stage, so that's something that we're able to you know contribute to. Printed Threads is one, and then AOE Recording Studio on the east side, um, they've hosted one, and that was where a lot of connections happened as well because they had a um, musicians playing in the in the studio, and so it's great to connect different people. 
And then also, this is what we do is a, uh, every quarter. So we do what's called the music know-how. We partner with, partner with printed threads. And we bring up topics that allow the music community to hear about different things. Rachel Stoss is here. We've done a, uh, accounting for musicians, one of our most popular events. What you can write off, what you can't write off, keeping track of your mileage. These are things we want to help the music community out and let them know. We've had uh, Scott Booker, the manager of the Flaming Lips, come and talk about when you're ready for a manager. We've had State Fair Records come, when do you need a record label? Um, so we do these different ones every, every quarter. We did one on health and wellness and mental health and how that affects musicians. And then also just going through all the things, I just want to bring you up to speed. Um, this is a, we did an economic impact study in 2020, or 2019, it came out 2021, and this gave us a baseline to see how music uh, was an economic impact on the city of Fort Worth. And this was actually, uh, pandemic aside, was actually a great thing because we got to have a baseline before the pandemic. We just recently completed our next study and we could see the rebound and also with growth like Tana Hills and Dickies and the, bring, and the resurgence of Will Rogers, how music venues are being um, affected now and the growth that's happening. Um, we also do civic things uh, on uh, St. Louis Boulevard. We ceremoniously renamed it T-Bone Burnett Boulevard in front of Joe's. Uh, and then also just during the pandemic, we did the Creative Industry Relief Fund with Film Fort Worth, and we gave, we raised almost, uh, we partnered with Billy Bob's, and we did a, uh, a live concert, a stream, and we raised almost $50,000 to give musicians and artists a one-time $350 grant. And while that wasn't for everybody, and it wasn't a million bucks, it was something. We had so many people call and say, that actually paid my car payment, or that was actually some groceries. So we tried to give back to the community. And I can't, uh, I can't say this without Rachel. Rachel Golay actually started the thing before the pandemic. And she said, I gotta go back to work. And I was like, can we take it over? And I was like, why did I do that? But I knew why we did this, because we wanted to support the people that were out of work. And then we did, we partnered with Printed Threads, and we did these uh, Grady Spencer, Bless My Soul, and Take Me Back to Fort Worth shirts. They were 25 bucks, 100% of the proceeds went into that fund. We were able to help a lot of people. And it was pretty, uh, pretty monumental, because uh, people from like Houston, different states said, well, how are you doing this? How are you able to give these funds? And it was all the support of the United Way, and also uh, the Fort Worth Weekly was a partner of this. They did a lot of free advertising for it. So it was really great to see how the community came together for this. Um, and then also during the Save Our Stages Act, we were the voice for Fort Worth. When they said, you know, venues are closing, how can we get the Save Our Stages Act passed and NEVA? And so this was the group that we put together. But we were, I was speaking on behalf for you guys. And that's what I think at least we had a voice and we got to do it in Fort Worth. So they knew Fort Worth cared about that. Um, exporting local music. I'm going to go through this really quick. We've done the Texas Music Takeover for three years. That was 2016 to 2018. We went to London, took musicians uh, all over, partnered with um, uh, with Rival Entertainment, and it was a really neat way to get uh, export local music. Um, we've done South by Southwest for five years, uh, varying different years, but our last year was in 22, and um, we had a great uh, event. Everyone from Lou Charles, but the Clyburn Pianist, so we've done a lot of different things. And... Um, this is also an important one and one of the links that we get asked about the most. We do do travel grants. We want to export local music. This is a grant up to $500 to get you on the road. And this is something you can find on fortworth.com slash music. Um, but we want to get you guys out of Fort Worth, but to come back and live here. And so it's up to $500. Um, not everyone gets the full $500 just based on, on dates and things. But... It's a great way to get you guys out here. And this all started because Vincent Neil Emerson came to us and said, I got an idea. 
I was like, what's your idea? And he's like, you guys need to buy a van and a trailer and let us check it out like a library card. <laughs> and I said, I've heard some bad ideas before. I think that's one of them. And I said, what do you really need? He says, I need $500 to go on this tour. I'm opening it for Culture Wall. And I was like, oh, so you need $500. You don't need a van and a trailer. He's like, yeah, we need to be able to get some hotel rooms, maybe rent a van. And I was like, oh, so this is something we could do. So we worked together and figured out a way to get a budget and great, great sponsors. Part of this, printed threads to every musician that gets a travel grant. It's $150 merch credit. And that's really cool. I mean, these guys right here, besides supporting this, give $150 on top of the $500 to every artist. And they can use that to get more t-shirts. Because we all know sometimes it's not the gig that pays. Sometimes it's the merch they sell. And so another thing is we worked with the Fort Worth Public Library to create Amplify 47. That was one of the things they came to us and told us what they were wanting to do. We said it would be really great if you could give the community more money. So they actually give more money than any other city, Austin, Seattle, Nashville, Memphis. And so it's really cool that they actually support local music as well. I'm trying to remember uh, where all these slides are. Uh, and then I want to talk about where we were. We did South by Southwest in 2022. It was a really successful event. I'm going to have to exit, exit out of here real quick to turn the music off. And then we'll get back to it. Okay, so this was our 2022 South by Southwest recap, and you can kind of see what it does for the community.
I think the future of Fort Worth, I mean, it is completely unmatched. There's so much growth in every single area and aspect. Just coming to South by Southwest and seeing everyone here experience it, new faces coming to Fort Worth, and it's just all up from here. Fort Worth on a lineup with Willie Nelson. 
Uh, but also the, the, Fort Worth ha- uh, the Fort Worth Lounge will have four Fort Worth musicians that they're going to announce soon. So it's pretty cool as we're able to get Fort Worth musicians on that lineup. Um, but it also associates Fort Worth with cool brands like Jack Daniels, Oxford Penn, and Topo Chico, and it's showing that we want to let people know about our city. Um, and then this is another thing you saw in the South by Southwest lineup. You saw that uh, Chicago is one of our biggest markets. So we worked with the Windy City Smokeout where we'll have an activation to have Louis the Singer and Summer Dean on this lineup. And so those are two forward musicians on a lineup with Carrie Underwood, Parker McComb. You know, it's a big deal. And even have them do an open slot shows that are commitment to try to get these artists on lineups. Um, next is something I want to show you guys is in our April uh, Music Know How printed threads, we will be uh, giving you more information about sound care. Soundcare will be a partnership with JPS Hospital to get affordable and sometimes free healthcare for musicians and artists. And this is something. This is something we've been working on for a really long time, and for it to actually come to fruition, we were able to announce at our annual meeting. Um, Connor, who's here from Thurston Company, actually did the logo. Um, we really want to make sure that our artists and creative community is taken care of, and the best way to do it is trying to offer things like this. Um, and then real quick, I want to let you know about the next mixer, because we want to keep these things moving forward. Um, it'll be, we're going back to Tuesday, so it'll be 312, um, and it'll be at Panther Island Brewing, and it'll be an open mic. Everyone gets to do two songs. And that'll be capped. We'll put a sign-up sheet. Uh, we'll announce it on social media. But everyone that performs gets a six-pack of beer from Panther So another thing I also want to make sure I announce is we also have the uh, Fort Worth Music Fest is happening this week. It starts on Wednesday. Um, they do submissions to get local artists on there. A lot of people think it's our festival. We're just a sponsor. So it's not, a lot of people think it is a, a visit Fort Worth or here Fort Worth activation. It's actually put on by Tannehills and the Tim Love and Live Nation, but uh, they also have given us this uh, QR code that you can get a very highly discounted uh, festival pass for the conference, not for the music, but just the conference. But also they are very generous to give us 10 GA passes for the whole weekend. So if you'd like one of those passes, if you'll see Sydney in the green uh, shirt, she'll take your name and information and she can make sure that you get one of those passes. But it's 10 first come, first serve. So if you want to see her, run her over right now. And so thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you to Brian Newby, Mayor Parker, uh, Brett Bowden for hosting us. I mean, everyone that comes together. Also, Martin House Brewery for supplying the beer. Uh, Visit Fort Worth took care of the tacos for you guys. I mean, Avalon for doing the sound. I mean, it's a community that brings these people together and makes stuff happen. Um, Because bottom line, we want everyone's backdrop to look like this. We want you to be proud to be from Fort Worth. We want you to support Fort Worth. We want everyone to say, oh, that's so-and-so. That's Lou Charles. That's from Fort Worth. That's Abraham Alexander. He's from Fort Worth. That's the Toadies. They're here from Fort Worth. That's what we want everyone. The Cutthroat Finches, they're from Fort Worth. That's what we want. And so bottom line, that's the goal. Because when musicians are on the road, they're ambassadors for our city, and that's the best thing we could ask for. So with that, here's my email address again, if I can answer anything. Now, Brendan and Anthony are going to do a Q&A, and so if you have anything that you want to talk about, we want to help any way we can. Those programs and the fact that you guys are rolling all of those out. It's incredible. 
Uh, I want to mention the TMIR program real quick, and maybe that will spawn some questions and answers from us. Uh, the music office worked with uh, advocates for the past uh, eight years plus to create a tax rebate for uh, music venues so that they can collect, qualified music venues can collect up to $100,000 of their mixed alcohol beverage tax that they pay in every year, uh, each fiscal year. Uh, they funded us to the tune of $20.2 million to do that, and we're about to start handing out the first checks from that. So if you were a venue owner, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're excited about it. When we talk about some margin enhancements that we may, may have, uh, that, that one's the biggest one. That program is being, we're, we're getting calls about that from around the country. You know, how do we do this in our state? How do we do this? Uh, I, you know, I, I go through the process with it. It's an arduous process to get where we are today. To start paying it out now, we're really proud about. But if you're a music venue or you know a venue operator has not applied, that's been in business for two years, has held that uh, license for two years, and meets, uh, you know, the normal operating qualifications of a music venue, as we all kind of understand them, have them reach out to us, because we're going to keep going until we get all of that away. Uh, we're not quite there yet, uh, so we want to get there. Uh, oh, I'm open for any questions. I know Tom is too, I think. If you guys just raise your hand when I ask a question, I have a mic. He doesn't need a mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Sean. Uh, I just want to say thanks to your Fort Worth. I did get to go to London. I have loved uh, making music in this town, and I think the city does a great job supporting this. So all the things I'm going to say are not shots at all, and, uh, it, 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 everybody just should do more for us. That's not the point. But I, I, the thing that I see is, like in this city, is that Tom's working you know, outside to promote Fort Worth as part of the Visitors Bureau. But we're, like, you have artists in this town the fine arts, if you're a painter or you're a ballerina or you're a, in a symphony, there's grants, there's money that's given. They know how to see that business here to cultivate that talent here. And for musicians, it's not that different. We need rehearsal spaces, we need grants to record money. Uh, I mean, to, to record music, it doesn't make money. No, uh, we need... Uh, <laughs> we need we need grants. I mean, we need we need ten thousand dollar allotments like the Canadians give. You know, um, and it, you know, I'm just saying it, it's it seems like in the city we're given a lot of money. There's plenty of support. The city recognizes, which I appreciate, what we add to the culture and how we bring people here. It's not a question of intent. It's just a matter of I feel like. Why? Why can we not have a seat at the table when it comes to the arts? We got a, we got an eleven million dollar building that's being worked on. I believe it's an eleven million dollar allotment for the Fort Worth Community Arts Building. You know, we've got they've got the way they give their money to artists. Nobody's nobody's moving to Fort Worth because of the, I mean, sorry, but because of the ballet or the orchestra or anything else. Fort Worth as a musician, I feel like, is a face. When I go to Love Field, when I go outside, because of Tom's work, they see our face. We we are the. You know, we are the culture that people ascribe to Fort Worth, which I'm so proud of. But how do we get a seat at that table to be smarter, to get access to it, so we're thought of as part of the arts? Like, who is the arts if we're not part of it? Yeah, here, here's, the, here's the thing, and, and that's a great question. And it's a question that I, uh, and it's an issue that I, I get pulled into and, and dig into quite a bit. We work, traditionally most of us, in the commercial music industry space. Which means we work in a free market economy. That means we make things that if people feel like buying, they buy and we make money from them and that gives us more money to make more things. The uh, fine arts that you're talking about are traditionally, not traditionally, have always been 
since the Renaissance, supported by pa patrons, by nonprofit concerns. I draw a very fine red line between the commercial music industry space and the nonprofit uh, fine arts supported space. The fine arts has the NEA, Texas Commission on the Arts, etc. Those things are set up and they're indicators in places like Fort Worth, Austin, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, and others. Those things that you mentioned, the ballet, the symphony orchestra, the uh, opera, uh, fine art uh, installations you may see are indicators of an evolved society. And so the patrons within those communities feel strongly about giving to those to make sure that those indicators are healthy. Within a place like Fort Worth, that those those key uh, indicators are are really highlighted. Places like the Kimball and the Museum of Fine Arts, the uh, the Symphony, the Ballet, the Opera, those things are patronized like crazy in a place like Fort Worth. It is a giving. It is a nonprofit giving foundation based community. We work in an industry that is that's free market. Okay. Now all that being said, and that red line being drawn. If you look at programs that have been created in other communities, you will find examples of hotel occupancy tax increase above what it is that does support things like ballet and opera, that kind of thing, that could go to people who do specific jobs, promote live music, create live music, uh, that sort of thing. Those programs are not easy to create. New hot tax percentages are not easy to carve out. That's a tremendous process within City Hall. Worth doing if you feel strongly about it. Incredibly hard to operate. I would say that there's upside though if you're interested in it. So there are examples of it. The Canadian model you mentioned is something that we've been talking about for a long time. I've met with my friends in Canada about it. The Canadian market of philanthropy or uh, uh, patronizing for the commercial music industry space which absolutely does exist there, was set up as a response to a lack of competitive advantage that they had to the United States and Europe. So what they were upset about is that they could have an incredible artist who wanted to go on tour and create things, and they would not be able to reach parity with the United States artists because their market was too small. So they would leverage the teacher's retirement fund and other publicly funded massive investment funds to create Universal Canada. Right, that, which led to this, that, and the other. And they would subsidize tours and that sort of thing. It was a concerted effort to grow their artists on parity with the United States because they did not have the organic market to support those folks. So while they do have programs like that, we don't live in that same paradigm. It would be amazing if we could do that. We just simply don't live in that same paradigm. In fact, we live in a state right now that can really support an incubating artists Artists, as they come up from the very smallest room to the very biggest room. We have that advantage. Especially regionally, we have that advantage. Regardless of genre. And so, we have to be really careful about building a business that's going to be sustainable. Owning everything, being smart about how we spend our money on recording, on touring, on merchandise. Being smart about all the different verticals that we need to monetize to make sure that we have a holistic approach to a small business and running that correctly. Those different pieces you mentioned, I'm sorry I'm going on so long, but I do this all the time. Those different pieces you mentioned are just sprinkles on top of it. And if they come from the city and you get them once in a while, that is amazing, that is a gift from wherever, through tremendous hard work or, or whatever it takes. I would never count on those things.
as a touring artist myself for many, many years, a couple decades, recording or whatever, it was never something that we factored in that we were going to be receiving something that we hadn't built from recording it and selling it. Now, market changes, I understand that. All those things are true, though. So, you know, be smart about what you're making. If there are programs that you can create that might add some more value and margin enhancement, let's get after it. But it's, it's super tough to do that within bureaucracies like city governments. It's really tough. Next question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just one other thing, Sean. That's a great question because you and I have talked about this. It's one of those things that we want to make sure that, you know, the creative community has a space. Um, just to clarify something is Visit Fort Worth and Air Fort Worth aren't part of the city. We're contracted by the city to promote for tourism. It's basically a marketing arm for the city. And so while you say the city, the city, the city, we're not really the city. We're contracted by them. And we can spend all this money on other things, but Bob Jamison and Mitch Whitney are here. They both see the value in how we support the arts through film, through music, but also the sports commission and bring events here because What's funny is when people come here to do these things, like a sporting event or a film production, they stay in hotel rooms, they eat at your independent restaurants, they buy souvenirs from places like Morgan Mercantile, and then they also go to dry cleaners, lumber yards, things like that, and that helps our economy, and that's things people don't think about, but that's that's something to consider. Hey, Tom. Hey. <laughs> uh, thank you for everything, all the time. Tom's the man. Thank you. So I would like to follow up on this. Uh, we have infrastructure for every genre. Um, what about electronic dance music? Because uh, I feel I feel like is there anybody else here that produces electronic dance music? Uh oh. <laughs> That's a problem. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, that wasn't even my question. My question is about, um, what, so we have all of these great artists and we can push this and bring people in town and all that's wonderful, but at a, at a certain point, we all are gonna come to this moment of where's the industry here? Where's the label? Where's the music office? Are we, do we, are we expected to go elsewhere? And I suppose, I think that's why most of the people who do well here end up leaving. And I would love to see some sort of serious industry entity in town to sign all these people, because they're all great. And you're all great, thank you. No, there's a lot of talent in this room, and that's why we do the things that we do. And I mean, a lot of things I didn't even get to cover. We feature local music in all our videos, our commercials, Pat, everyone from Smooth Vega, Lou Charles, Greg Spencer. We try to support where we can. A lot of the stuff is also, it's, and without sounding in a negative way, it's not our responsibility. It's not the visible work or the cities to build an EDM music, you know, event. But also, no, no. But I'm also saying is like there's things like, you know, we've had Ubby uh, Dubby come to Fort Worth. We've got Punks and Drumlin come to Fort Worth. These festivals that are happening. But we want to support those things. But it's like, how do we build this? What's that? I'll see what I can do. But but it's also, I mean, it's a testament to what you guys are doing. What's that? I said good job, Sam. Oh yeah. But also, it's it's things like. You know, um, 
I mean, just having, we are the music office here at Fort Worth, is the music office, so you have those things. And I've talked to you about studio space, we've talked about different things, and we try to address all the concerns you have as a community, and we won't always have the answer, but that's why we do things like this. I mean, we saw examples with, you know, Vincent and the travel grants, you know, Lou Charles and hip hop. Um, we've had many other things, you know, the, it's just trying to figure out where we can support, we can't do everything, but at the same time, we're trying what we best we can. Yeah, and scenes come to scenes too. So if you're interested in being a part of something larger, but you feel like you've got the support at home, what I hope this program does around the state, not just in Fort Worth where it's it's so supported, is give people the idea that they can build a small business in Fort Worth. Look, I, I can only speak from my own experience and the experience that I've had going around and talking to thousands and thousands of people who do this all the time. I would, I've chosen to stay in Texas to work in the music industry. I got appointed to this job, I got voluntold to do this job in, in 15 and left you know, a, a, a career in the music industry, in the kind of more mainstream music industry to go do it. I chose not to spend all my time in Nashville to, to move there, right? I wanted to be where I was, but I found ways to pull elements of that into the business that I was working in and have still found ways to incorporate that. We moved the BMI off expansion office to Austin, which I know isn't sitting right here in the middle of you, but their purview is Texas. My, my whole point is, if you're comfortable where you are, if you like being in Fort Worth, if you want to build a small business here, be comfortable with going to get relationships that you need elsewhere and bringing those pieces back. Scenes kind of follow scenes. And Tom's right, like his role, the music office's role, the Texas music office's role, and I get asked this all the time by people who don't know about what I do. They think I'm the Texas music office director, which means like I pick the baton up when the governor walks in the room and like get the band, I don't know what they think. So to explain to them, like my role is not to bring in big festivals to the state, right? Like I'm not bringing artists to Texas. I wanna make sure that the business environment works for them to do Whatever they whatever they want safely within our within our borders, right? So scenes kind of follow scenes. So we got to create them. I just want to make sure that these these organizations listen to them when they're making small business work. Now we have one in the front. Well, I, while you're walking, real quick, Sam, before you speak, it's like also what we have. We have big artists that live here. You know, Leon still lives here. You know, Baden lives here with the Tonys. We have people that still live here, and haven't they? Two. Okay, I see. Sam, I gotcha. But also, we have people that live here. We have an airport that can get you anywhere in the United States. Is, is there a Something's bubbling up. They come. They come see it. A and R is not something that major labels even invest in all that much anymore. And so, if you're making something that a ton of people are coming to see and they see value in it, then they'll show up. You can't just invite them to see a thing. That's, they just don't do that as much. Question, and I think a lot of musicians would agree with me 
Um, there are a lot of really great restaurants and cafes and bars that we play in that, um, for lack of better words, we're all kind of seen as background music. And I think it will be a really great um, for our city and especially as musicians if there were opportunities that we could actually play our songs and tell our stories in front of an audience that will listen as opposed to, you know, while you're eating or while you're drinking or whatnot. And I guess my question is what more can we do to create like perhaps like a so far sound session type of thing where all it is is just the artist and the audience and people who will actually listen. I mean, so far it sounds as cool. I mean, there are listening rooms. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly. You, you can build your own. You can work with a group like so far. You can play in a listening room like this. It's, I mean, we've all played in rooms where no one cared. That's really tough, uh, and we are background. But you know, a good listening room is kind of hard to find. You know, and if, if if you can find and promote one and create a scene there, you know, I would, I don't know, a great answer to. How you make people shut up and listen? Uh, I don't know. You can play more originals. Yeah. People listen, more originals. There you go. Go to an, a, a local original sound that's going to make you you. And any small business owner is going to tell you you have to sell yourself as a brand. So you're not just selling somebody else's music; you're selling who you are. And if you're willing to open up to do live music in an original format, people are going to start to love you and know you, and then they're going to follow. You. That's good. Sorry, that's just my. Also, I can say something along the lines of here, Fort Worth. Um, are we also been listening to the attendees, and that's why we now have opened up the second open mic night to give people opportunity to play in front of others. So please just feel free to sign up for that, as well as just open, like research. There's been a lot of open mic nights for venues across the city. I'm seeing a lot more of um, reoccurring ones, so I just encourage you to Google open mic nights in Fort Worth and. Just get yourself on the list and get yourself out there. So, next question. Hello. My name is Spencer. My question is for artists who are treating their businesses like small businesses and want to take responsibility for their future. What are examples of, in the past five, ten years, that people have used your resources and you've seen it result in success? In ours? Yeah. Or here for work, just in general. What are the best ways they can use the resources that are available versus we want more resources to be created by you? Yeah, I mean the, the, the amount of connectivity through our site is unparalleled. We have the number we, we have the largest database of music industry professionals that exists anywhere in one place. Uh, so people find each other on that. Uh, people come to the office and ask for advice in person, they call the office throughout the business day. Uh, now, what we don't do is track them end-to-end end and see and check in and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I have a hundred examples of connections made from the office that have netted something in the first it, interaction afterwards. A person needs to find someone who does a thing, and then it takes them another step forward. Hundred, hundreds and hundreds of those. Uh, during COVID, we opened up a back door into the Texas Workforce Commission to get people who were music related loosely through to unemployment benefits, which netted those uh, unemployment benefits without waiting on the phone for 10 hours. We just got them their own spreadsheet because we had an in at the Texas Workforce Commission. I mean, there was one example. When uh, the Shutter Venue Operators Grants dollars were rolling through from the Fed and the SBA, with all due respect, and I have a lot of respect for those people, were just 
tripping and fumbling to put that portal together and that uh, uh, customer service element together because they got handed that largest federal assistance package for nonprofits and, and uh, venues that it's ever been passed, 16.5 plus billion dollars. We were in the middle of that with SBDCs working with individuals who were going to be eligible for that and pairing them with those resources so they didn't have to wait for two months, three months. What our office does more than anything, I think, is tell people answers to questions that they may have generally and help them find someone who can answer it more specifically. I don't have a lot of money to give. If you're an eligible venue, please apply. I have a lot of money in that respect. I've got $62,000 sitting in an educational license plate grant that nonprofits can apply to that I can't give away even though I tell people a lot about it. But what we can do mostly, what we do mostly, Spencer, is we put people with people, if they ask, who can do things for them. We set up meetings. We put them with nonprofits. We, we disperse information throughout this landscape every day. We work federally to make sure that people who are elected understand our needs and concerns when they go to cast votes. And we do the same thing in state house. So maybe we should have done a better job of tracking these things end to end so we could sort of illustrate exactly the economic benefit that day-to-day our office provides. But I would say it's in the millions. I think that's irrelevant. I think people make their own careers. And if they come to us and have a gap they need filled, typically we can help fill it. And that's what we do. Now, what Tom does locally, and I'll speak for Tom for a second, is provide that very same sort of backstop locally, because Tom's going to know what's happening here a lot better than I am. That was the whole point of MFT, Music Friendly Texas, in the first place. Because I can sit in my room at the Capitol in Austin and think I know what I'm doing to help you, to help any one of you in this room, and I'd be completely wrong and arrogant for thinking I was right. And so this program that we've helped create that Tom manages here with his incredible team is the backstop here. So yeah, we do that stuff all day long on the phone, on email, in person. But these these programs locally that Tom runs so well do that uh, for, for people here. Yeah. Speak to the rest of that. No, I mean, I just think it's, you know, we, we do the music know-hows, the quarterly education mixers. And that was, you know, just... Besides meeting and having a cocktail and networking with your friends, this is bringing real-world problems and things that you know we have people ask us. Can you talk about why is there a delay in vinyl pressing? And so we had State Fair Records come. You know, what can I do as a musician with my taxes? We've done that before. Um, healthcare. So things that you know may not be like you know how do I run my band like a business? It's things that like that that we've been uh, an asset or an ally to, and so that's where I would say you know. We've directed people to. The fact that the final slide that Tom rolled out has to do with providing a relationship with a healthcare provider is monumental. And I think that if you, if, if if we don't walk away feeling incredibly uh, charged by that, uh, we've missed something tonight. There's only been one other place that that I know of in Texas that's pulled a program like that off. Uh, and that's Ham in Austin. It's the Health Alliance for Austin Musicians, which is now a multi-county uh, healthcare navigation service. Really, they don't come and give you a shot. They they are a healthcare navigation service for thousands of artists. And if you ask them what kind of impact they've had, uh, well, it's a long story. Uh, so so the fact that you've even embarked on that is is tremendous. And what it will provide is of tremendous value. So. 
uh, man, these, <laughs> these gifts keep on giving from a program like this. And, and I'm not saying you don't recognize it, but I, but I hope it is recognized. That was, that was really great news. Hi, my name is Issa. Um, I work for Warner Chapel Music out of LA, but I'm, I work remotely and I'm really lucky in that. However, I just want to know what we're doing to support our music industry professionals. I was never a musician, I'm not a musical person, but unfortunately for me, if I want to continue my career, I have to move to LA, I have to move to Nashville, I have to move to New York. But we have a ton of talented people here that should be supported. And along with what you were saying about, you know, how do we bring businesses here? We are bringing businesses here as just a state and the DFW area. We're growing so much. So how do we advocate that Fort Worth or Texas in general needs to open up an office here in Texas? Like, there's many artists who aren't willing to move to Nashville and want to be here in Texas. And I think that if we really just vouch for the fact that not only will your business thrive here, but artists want to stay here. And for that reason, I think that they will, you know, bring in all the talented people that we're losing to LA, we're losing to Nashville. And just really that big concern of, yes, we're being supported through all of your um, programs that are here, but how do we make sure that everyone who lives here in Texas is able to make a livable wage just to continue. Yeah, we, I mean, we can't set, we can't, I, I don't want to start with negative. So the, the labels that I talk to all the time, the publishing companies I talk to all the time, the trade organizations I talk to all the time, pay a lot of lip service to what's going on in Texas, right? And then that's, that's fine. They, they do that because I'm sitting across the desk. We've had groups move to, to the state. They typically choose Austin because they come from South by, and then they, if they're going to do anything permanent, like CAA's done or WME's done or BMI's done, the triple letter agencies that have come to do this, they choose Austin because that's the center of gravity that they understand because they come to South by and they see it as the place they know in Texas where they've got the greatest amount of commonality, okay? There's a systemic advantage that Austin has in that respect. The issue that a lot of those programs have, those labels, those uh, publishing companies, Warner Chapel being a great example. So Warner Chapel just opened another A&R position in Austin who's going to live and work there. Uh, and his job is going to be A&R for both the label side and the publishing side. As you know, they're two distinct companies that just share 17th Street as a common address. So they, they will have that permanent person. I was always uh, in that office saying, if you don't have brick and mortar, you're not there yet, which is what BMI did. They are so reticent to outlay for things like that. If it goes wrong, that is a colossal screw up for them to report back to some corporate folks that actually run those companies. Uh, Big Loud Texas just started a label uh, that's going to be wholly invested in finding Texas artists to bring onto the label imprint to create a broader universe to develop, grow, and support them. There are examples, is what I'm saying, of major business taking an interest in Texas. I, no one wants a history lesson, but many years ago in the 90s, uh, a really powerful group of guys who'd had tremendous amount of success in, in commercial radio 
opened a company called Arista Austin. Based on the, it was a branch and an imprint of Arista Nashville. It was a hugely popular label at the time. And it was an abject failure over a few years. And it scared a lot of the folks uh, from doing that again. And that was brick and mortar, 15 people looking for great talent. Uh, I mean, I've run up against these things day in and day out because I spend time in L.A. and Nashville trying to convince companies to come put down permanent roots. It's always going to be a give and take. And I would always say, and we talked about this when I was, Sam, sorry, when, when, when we were talking, if you reach a certain point and you can start your small business here and you want to keep it here, going to different places and finding relationships that help you grow your business I don't see anything wrong with that. In fact, it's a very kind of Texan way to do it. You own it here, go grab relationships you need in other places. I, I don't know a way around it right now. And I really don't see majors creating a, a, a major permanent home here anytime soon. I just don't. I've had the conversations. With all the PROs, all the trade awards, all the major labels, Sony Universal, Warners, I mean, all of them. And they're like, yeah, 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 it's great. We'll see you uh, at South by. We'll it's really time. So we need a festival. Well, there are festivals all over the place that those folks come down to. Well, we have big ones. You have big ones. Yeah. Just real quick. And so with all the work that Jessica and the, uh, Jessica Christopherson, who's the film commissioner, she's here. Um, you know, we are trying to do things that link the film industry and the music industries together. And that's one thing. But also, I mean, I get a fair amount of <laughs> I get a fair amount of inquiries from labels that ask me about artists, that ask me about, you know, I see they've got this many things on TikTok or this many, you know, subscribers. And we act as an advocate for you guys, but it's also hard because you know what Brendan said with having uh, you know, without having that there, but also I think it's my first time meeting you. I'd love to see you at more mixers and be able to connect and figure out what are things that we can do to help support the industry. Because, I mean, that's really why we're here, is we're here to listen and figure these things out. So. Right here. Oh. I'm here. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm Megan Henderson. I work for New York South Side, which is run by Woo! Brittany. Woo! If you have information about that now, I think you know, if it's a thing we can 
our south side, our hope is to expect to support them and to know where the trends go in the future so that we can really be uh, prepared, you know, to drive crowds to their venues. Any thoughts? You played on the road, Brendan, you know. Well, yeah, I, I also, also play with people that frankly said that part of our job is to sell as much, as much beer as possible so they can yeah. cover our guarantee. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I, yeah I, don't, I don't honestly know. There isn't any demographic data that I know of that would suggest that styles or habits are changing, even though anecdotally we know that that is yeah. true, generationally. But I, gosh, to make it super quick, I know that venues will always rely on alternate sources of income to cover guarantees that hopefully they're paying bands to come perform. And bands are always going to ask what they think they're worth in the market. So you got to do the math about you know yeah. who's going to pay for what in, in that relationship. And if a venue steps up and says, well, you know, we don't think that we're going to spend on alcohol because we're catering to a lifestyle habit choice that most of our people prefer, so we're not going to be able to cover a guarantee, then we're not going to do that show. It may change over time organically. I just don't know. I don't know how to even force that somehow. But, you know, acknowledging that that habit trend is changing is yeah. a good place to start. Reed, if you have, the, you don't have a war chest, you've been clear to say, like, I'm not sitting on a war chest of cash. Right. But maybe you have access to the opportunity for data, and maybe that data is what drives informed decision-making about how the industry is thoughtfully approaching a changing demographic, whether it's through the pricing and sales of non-alcoholic beverages, or whether it's through the contractual relationships yeah, I, mean, I would suggest really quickly that you can look at all of that tax item, line item out in a comptroller's report for any, literally any venue you want uh, to put together a comprehensive study of that and roll it into sort of an indice that we would add is potentially something we could talk about. Uh, we're looking at it in depth right now because we have venues applying to get a lot of the money back. So we know exactly how much a whole bunch of venues in the state are reporting for mixed alcohol beverage sales. And it's a tremendous part of their business. Uh, I would say it's food and beverage is, is most of their business. Their ticket sales are not doing it for them. Yeah. Wait, the next question I hey, I'm Steve with Charmax. I, I think of music as a business, looking at the other part of that equation, the consumer. One of the perceptions that I think uh, a lot of people have that I've heard from my colleagues and even in other towns is that it's tough to get, or it seems harder to get, people out to see original music. Now, tribute bands, cover bands, national acts that are already established, they're doing okay. But to get uh, your community excited about local original music, regardless of genre, the perception is, man, where are they? And so my question to you is, have you seen that in other, throughout Texas? Is it just an illusion and that's not really the problem. And if it is an illusion, how do we quash the illusion? If it's not an illusion, how do we cultivate, educate new consumers of our product? Man, that's fantastic. So what you're talking about is sort of an economic phenomenon. So what we're seeing after COVID is that a tremendous funnel of uh, marquee artists got back on the road after uh, a year plus shutdown. And we saw uh, costs for those artists skyrocket. Fencing for festivals went up 10x. Porta potties went up 20x. Drivers quit, got into other jobs. Crew quit, went to other jobs. Harder to harder to infrastructure a tour. 
So those costs went through the roof. So what you saw immediately was this spike in ticket sales. So those ticket prices went up because there was pent-up demand and everybody knew it. The people who are driving to the very top, Live Nation, into a smaller extended AEG, know that. And so they set dynamically pricing to accommodate for the demand that they knew was there. Sure enough, it was there. The rising tour cost for all those folks to be on the road came into play. There was a uh, jump, if you noticed, in the ticket prices for shows that you may go see at uh, arenas around the country, right? It's not specific to Texas, it's internationally. So around the country, just keeping the United States, those ticket prices went up astronomically. And then they stayed there because people got conditioned to paying for a marquee artist what I would pay for, you know, a kid's graduation present, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago. And I have this conversation with some of those folks, and I'm not to name names, and I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus. They think it's crazy that X artist makes this per ticket for that scene. They're like, I'm like, well, what are you going to do about it? They're like, hey, man, if it's rolling, it's rolling. So what I'm saying is there's a, there's a kind of a... Uh, there's, there's a top-end funnel of folks who are making a ton of money touring right now. Now, they couldn't, couldn't for a year. None of us could. It was brutal, terrible for everybody in a lot of different ways. They came out of the gate selling higher-priced concert tickets than ever, and it just really hasn't abated. So there's a portion of the audience out there that's simply scrapped. And if they're going to go see one show every three months, right, instead of five shows over that same time, well, that's what they're going to do. They're going to take their wife to see the Eagles at American Airlines Center, and they can't do anything else because the entertainment dollar they were going to spend on five things just went to one, right? Or they took their three girls to see Taylor, and now they're not going to see any music again for the rest of the year because that was $9,000. So I'm saying there's that phenomenon. There's also a reconditioning that seemed to go on for a segment of the population that's simply not driven them back into live music venues writ large, right? There's... A really confounding statistic that I hear almost on the nose from every venue I step into and talk to the venue owner on is the no-show thing. It's bizarre. They can sell a room out and it won't be full because 20% of the people just don't show up. And it happens all the time. Like, all the time. It is a real thing. So that means it's not like, oh, well, what's the difference? It's just more room for us to stand. They, they're not buying anything at the bar either. So these venues are like, well, shit. Excuse me, if 25% of these people don't show up, that we counted on, we had this penciled in for our profit. That night. Back to your original question. The dollars that used to get thrown around night after night after night to come see original music, cover music in bars, are being funneled different places, and people have fundamentally changed in some aspects their live music going habits. Uh, you may be doing this and get back to kind of where we understand it. In some regards, it is. In some regards, it isn't. So telling people to go see live music, hammering that point, hammering that point, hammering that point, is going to get some of the people back and won't get all of that. It's just, an, it, it's an interesting and confounding thing to watch. Hi. Yes, You've been waiting patiently. <laughs> My name is um, Randy Waller-Pace, and I'm a musician, and I'm also a festival organizer. I run the Fort Worth African Festival and 
it in a really weird space and I found a lot of difficulty finding footing. Um, my festival is a nonprofit festival. It's a program of a larger nonprofit organization that I run. It's based mostly on old time, joking, bluegrass, early blues, and it is black centered and black led. And um, that line between nonprofit and small business is a big struggle for me. We, we aren't a venue, we park in the Southside Preservation Hall. Um, but when it comes to the nonprofit funding, you know, Fort Worth New York District gets 10, 15 times the funding. Um, and it is not only, um, I noticed that the funding goes to things that are done in more of an establishment way. So it's really important for me to pay artists a certain wage that I myself, I know places I are limited where I can play to get that wage. Um, to let artists have 100% of their merch sales. All these things that artists are asking for, but our nonprofit and funding infrastructure doesn't care about, and they do not care about black people unless we are singing gospel or R&B, real talk. And I'm struggling to figure out how to um, find a space where there is support and funding and outreach. We're bringing in Grammy Award winners, we're bringing in Steve Martin Banjo Award winners that have never set foot in the city, but because it doesn't fit in a certain box, it just does not get that type of support, and I really um, want to find out how to how to advocate so, for that. So you said you're, you're non-profit, right, and you're part of a larger non-profit. If you apply, we'll give you $5,000. Woo! If you apply with my office through the License Plate Education Grant, and you're a nonprofit who's creating a music opportunity for people, yeah. we'll give you $5,000. This is part of the $60,000 I'm trying to give away. Now, and so if you reach out to us, I will make that, we will make that happen. That's and not my only cool. concern is our programming isn't free, it's just low cost. We'll figure that out. Okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. But you need to apply with us as a nonprofit to talk to us about how to do that. This is something we can help with if you're creating that sort of opportunity. And amazing that you're spending your time here. And Randy, I want to I want to say you were at Folk Alliance with us on Saturday, Friday night, and but also um, our, the, we're funded, like I said, through this, the city. We've actually are a sponsor of that festival as well. So we see the value on Randy's doing and the support we want to make sure she gets too. So. So as things digressed, it was at that point we decided to exit the meeting and head over to Cicada and support what Tyler was doing uh, for her Monday night activity. So I hope you enjoyed this meeting. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, like I said, we'll probably be talking about it more on the uh, normal podcast starting tonight. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.